0: major. majors in the U.S., it feels great just to fly on up from Florida and be here in a second instead of, yikes, I gotta get to Australia, I gotta start out a week in advance just to make sure I'm there, so there's a very um, convenient part to it as well, but there's a very focused part as well, and I'm 36, I'm older than most people in the draw, but also I play a lot better than most people in the draw, too, on <laughs> most days, by the way.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Jamie Lasanti, and welcome to this week's Sports Illustrated Beyond the Baseline Tennis Podcast. You are hearing this unfamiliar voice because I am filling in this week for our regular host, Mr. John Wertheim, who is out getting some much deserved rest and relaxation before the US Open starts. I am SI.com's tennis producer, and I am usually sitting quietly in the background as John hosts the show. But not to worry, because his chair is being filled by someone extra special today. We have a in-studio guest. She is a seven-time Grand Slam champion. She's a five-time Olympic medalist, most recently winning the silver in the mixed doubles in Rio. She is ranked number six in the world. I am joined today by the lovely Venus Williams. Welcome.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Good, how are you? Good. When did you get to New York?
0: I got in last night.
1: How's the city treating you so far?
0: I'm used to the city, so it's old you know, old uh old hand for me
1: right now. And have you been out to uh the US Open Grounds yet?
0: Not yet. I just got in last night, so still early in the morning. <laughs> we have to get out there.
1: We can talk tennis in a little while, but I first wanted to talk to you a little bit about business and your business and entrepreneurship because I think it's something that we don't talk to you a lot about when we're you know talking to you after matches. Um, So what is your vision for the 11 brand that you've started? Also I want to know what are we going to see you in uh, you know in the upcoming tournament?
0: Well the print I'm wearing right now is actually what I'm wearing at the open. It's called our prism print and it's a multitude of colors and the inspiration is that when you you see a prism of light especially through glass you can see you know a multitude of rainbow of colors so that's the inspiration behind the print uh there was a the second part of the question wasn't it <laughs>
1: you know it's it's a, this is a real passion of yours right i mean this is something like tennis that you you really enjoy but do you ever find it difficult to get that across to people um you know a lot of athletes and celebrities sort of start brands is it is something you find difficult
0: no, and my goal is not really to get across to people my passion. My goal is to build a business, and that's what I focus on: is you know, making the right business decisions, building the right team, and uh, having a brand that stays true to what I believe in.
1: And you know, how is it different? You know, kind of working in a room with a bunch of people that are on your design team as compared to being out there. Do you find yourself?
0: Yeah, honestly, the des- we're the design team is really small. It's me and we have. <laughs> The, um, our production person who manages our production. And we also work with the sales, uh, our sales VIP. Uh, so that's pretty much who works on the design. It's not a huge team, you know, there's not a thousand designers in the room and all that happening. It's uh, small, we're a, a lean company, we're a smart company. And um, we actually produce in Los Angeles. So we're also American-made, and we're based in Palm Beach Gardens. And uh, it's been it's wonderful to challenge myself outside of the court, but at the same time, it's awesome to make my dreams come true off the court. But it's just like on the court; it's a lot of work, and it doesn't always go the way you think it's gonna go. You know, when you suddenly find yourself down match point, you're like, "This is not how I play the game." <laughs> but you recover, and you make better decisions, and it's constantly moving and changing. I love that.
1: What has been sort of that down match point situation with eleven that you've sort of run into? I
0: mean, obviously that's an extreme example, <laughs> but there there are times where you have to change. Um, you may have certain plans; they don't work out the way you thought. You have to adjust quickly and move on. And that's not a bad thing; it just means you need to adjust. And that, I think, happens in, in pretty much every business. And there are times where you're you're like, this is exactly how I, it was going to happen. Awesome. And that happens, too. Like, we were talking about our forecast for 2016 this year. And we were pretty on point, right down to what sizes we thought people would need. And that was great. Other things we weren't right on, so we had to adjust. And that's how business is.
1: So you are obviously in New York for the U.S. Open, but you're also here today with us uh, on behalf of Silk. So we actually have a fitness nutrition section here that I'm a big part of. And so I'm super interested and curious about diet and nutrition and things. So let's talk, you know, we know that Djokovic follows this crazy gluten-free, dairy-free kind of diet, Um, you know, other athletes have, have their preferences. What have you kind of developed and learned that works for you?
0: I've had to experience for, experiment for many years to figure out what works for me exactly, and I feel like I'm, I've kind of found the perfect storm of that, especially this year, and um, I've been leading a plant-based diet, so I eat a lot of plants, and I've always said, you know, I'm a Cheegan, so there are people who are real vegans. I haven't been able to perfect it, so I cheat, and I'm a, I'm a Cheegan. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's just about being honest with where you are in life and that's that's what I always do. And uh working with silk has been amazing because we have we're on the same wavelength. And uh I get up in the morning and I practice like hours and hours and hours. And I have a hard time getting up and eating huge amounts of food before I practice. So the thing I'll do is I eat smoothies and I eat fruit. So at between practices, I bring out fruit. My dad will bring out fruit. (laughs) Uh, He'll bring fruit to my house. So, between the fruit and the smoothies and mixing in the silk almond milk, coconut milk, those sorts of things, that's how I keep myself fueled, especially in the beginning of the day. Because it's just, it's hard to do all that running, all that training. And you train even harder Mm -hmm. than what you play a match. So, um, that's how it works best for me.
1: And so, people. Some people don't really know, plant-based, and they're like, what does that mean? I eat plants, you know? Um, So what is kind of your typical food groups, you know, foods that you're eating, you know, after the smoothies and after Mm -hmm. the fruits, with some more meals to recover from those sessions? You know, I try to
0: eat non-processed food the best I can, so things that aren't packaged, things that are fresh. That's the the route I like to go. And what's interesting, too, is that I try to include a lot of oils in my diet. And people think, oh, oils are kind of, these are so bad for you. They're good for you. Your body needs them, especially oils that aren't cooked. So have fun with different oils, too. Almond oil, olive oils, so many different kind of oils you can actually use. And just throw a spoonful in your smoothie, and you're good to go.
1: And that obviously gets you fats and good fats and good things.
0: fats and lots of vitamins are only soluble in, in oils, so people don't realize we just I don't know what's happening with the food system today. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Well, you know, story. there's all these <laughs> trends
1: and, and diets, and <clears throat> so hard for people to sort of figure out. And that's why they're always curious what these what you know someone like yourself is mm-hmm. is eating. Is it hard um, to find food to eat? When you're at a tournament like the U.S. Open or even, you know, some of the smaller tournaments? It's
0: challenging when you go to more exotic locations to find what you may be used to. So you have to be open to trying new things. have to be flexible. You may even have to travel with things. Uh, I've gone as far as to, like, even travel with, like, my own sweet potatoes if I wanted <laughs> them, you know? So you just have to figure it out. I travel with my own blender. I like to blend my smoothies in the morning. Uh, sometimes, like if I go to Australia, I have friends in Australia. I'll just leave that blender there with that Australian plug, and I'll just pick it up <laughs> next year and start where I left off. So, strategy—you have to be strategic.
1: That's true. I didn't even think about the international plugs and everything. Um, and so, the Cheegan, Uh how do you how do you cheat on your Cheegan
0: diet? It's just when things wind up on your plate and then you Chegan, so it's, you don't you don't know what's going to happen the next day. So. <laughs> But for the most part, it's, it's about eating a healthy life that works for you. So I, I tell all people, find out what works for you.
1: Are you eating meat? Are you eating seafood?
0: Uh, it varies. I, it varies. And a lot of times, like, for example, vegan is very strict. No, No eggs, no butter, all of those sorts of things. And sometimes... I might not look at the ingredient list. So that right there makes you a because you didn't really look closely. So you find yourself in situations where you have to be super strict or are you, are you just real, more relaxed on your approach?
1: We're going to take a quick break to acknowledge some of our other great podcasts on the SI Network. The SI College Football Podcast has been reborn as the Campus Rush Podcast, including a new co-host, Andy Staples and Lindsay Schnell. They'll have interviews, opinions, check-ins on campus. Of course, since Staples is involved, they'll have lots of barbecue recommendations and reviews. And you can search for the Campus Rush podcast on your favorite app or visit si.com slash podcasts for the entire network. Let's talk a little tennis. Uh, You'll be playing in your 18th U.S. Open. Um, There are some players in the draw who probably aren't even 18 years old. Uh, you know, that's quite an accomplishment, but what does the tournament mean to you as compared to some of the other slams? Or
0: Yeah, know? I mean, it's a major, it's in the U.S., it feels great just to fly on up from Florida and be here in a second instead of, yikes, I got to get to Australia, I got to start out a week in advance just to make sure I'm there, so there's a very um, convenient part to it as well, but there's a very focused part as well, and I'm 36, I'm older than most people in the draw, but also, I play a lot better than most people in the draw, too, (laughs) on most days, not all days. (laughs) So it's all about having, believing in yourself, being healthy enough to be out there, that's important, too.
1: Were you able to recover after Rio? Um, When did you, did you fly out, you know, right away after the mixed doubles final?
0: Yeah, Rio was really busy, um... None of us knew. I think all the tennis players in the whole draw, no one knew who would be playing mixed. So it's it's like you have to be ready, you have to adjust to mix, and nobody has played mixed. So you're like, figure out how to play this right away, right now, no pressure, good luck. Olympics. And so that's kind of the situation that everyone was thrown into, and so to perform so well under those circumstances is great. Not a lot of time to recover. I hit literally every day at Rio, and pretty much every day after but it's a it's a good problem to have. And so
1: when did you what was the turnaround time between when you find out when you found out you're going to be playing mixed doubles to when you guys had your first match? I
0: don't know, probably a day. A day. Yeah, I think so. So you you called Rajiv up and you said,
1: "Hey, we got to get on the court."
0: It's like, "How do we practice? We spent a couple hours practicing that Honestly, it changed my life. I'm such a better doubles player now. I'm just like, I have nowhere else to play doubles. It's so, it's <laughs> kind of heartbreaking. How do you how do
1: you prepare differently for uh, the mixed now as you gear up for the U.S. Open? Do you find yourself sort of pulling stuff from that now?
0: Well, you find yourself playing a lot of doubles specialists. It, the doubles game is a game that you have to perfect outside of the singles. The singles helps you because, hey, I know it hit the ball, but do you know the doubles plays. It's a whole other story. And can you volley? All of those sorts of things. Can you handle the pressure of having a partner on the court? That's not easy either. So, uh, and also, it's um, returning the guy serve. You know, people hitting over two hundred k, or I'm sorry, I've been overseas so yeah. long, <laughs> uh, over one hundred and twenty miles an hour on a regular basis. So, uh, that also you have to adjust to. So, different things like that.
1: Surely, that will help you going into the U.S. Open.
0: I hit a lot of balls, and I think that helped me a lot. So I feel confident going to the open.
1: And what are you, what are you looking forward to the most? You think
0: competing, uh, going out there and trying to be my best, feeling like I can be my best. I look forward to that.
1: Awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for taking some time with us this morning, and Thank you. we will see you out in Fleshy Meadows. <laughs> I
0: should have brought you a smoothie. Next Did you time. have one this morning? No, I woke up so early that I, I was disorientated. So. No. <laughs> I was that's like, how I lie? feel sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, everyone, that's this week's SI Beyond the Baseline Tennis Podcast. We thank Venus Williams for joining us. She has to go run off to Flushing Meadows to start practicing for the start of the tournament on Monday. But we appreciate her time. We appreciate her insight into everything from tennis to business to what she puts in her smoothies. Next week, the podcast will be coming to you from the U.S. Open grounds. Uh, your host, John Wertheim, will hopefully be back and we'll have some good conversation about the beginning of the tournament, the draw, maybe some upsets by this time next week. We'll see. On behalf of our host, John Wertheim and myself, thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at jdlosanti, and you can follow John Wertheim on Twitter at John underscore Wertheim. Make sure you're also logging on to SI.com slash tennis during the U.S. Open. We will have lots of great content. We will have recaps, results, news. We will also have some great daily data graphics that will illustrate some of the best stats and things from the tournament. So be sure to check that out. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app of choice. And you can hear the whole SI network of podcasts at si.com slash podcast. That's it for this week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.